the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When we know that God is confident that he is going to be able to come and meet us right where we're at, that's when the right thing happens. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. will be in Exodus chapter 24. I entitled this message, The Gift of Waiting. I wonder how you are when it comes to waiting. To wait is defined in a dictionary and it means to stay where you are. It's to delay action until a later time. It's to remain. It's to not jump ahead. You could say it's to linger, pause, and tarry. Well, one thing for sure, this is not my strongest area, for I am very impatient. Imagine that. See, it's not rocket science. If you spend less time getting to where you're going, it gives you more time where you're at. And the same goes for standing in lines. I will always search for the shortest line, but sometimes it doesn't always work. Like I was at Home Depot just a couple days ago, and I don't know, they got rid of all their tellers, and it's all self-checkout, and it's a total disaster at this one particular Home Depot, and the line's like 25 people long, and I'm thinking like, you know, the project that I'm doing, I want to do it today, not tomorrow. Okay, you know, it's like, you know, just what is going on here? Yes, it's just the way that I live, The faster I can get done with one project, the more time I have to spend on the next project. That's why I'm not a fan of waiting. Waiting represents to me a loss of time. I could be doing something else. So there you have it. I'm by nature an impatient person. So yes, I, like some of you, could take a good, nice class in patience. Why? Because even though fast has its place, we have to be cautious of that thinking when it comes to the Lord. Or more important decisions that we're making, we cannot go fast on those. See, because serious decisions that have great importance should not happen quickly. Think about the biggest mistakes in life that we wish we could have somehow take back. Many times those decisions were made far too quickly. An investment deal that had to happen or we're gonna miss out on making a lot of money, then we did it too quickly and we lost a lot of money, yes. The new purchase that we rushed into that you decide I didn't really need this after all. Uh, A too expensive of a car 
You maybe should have bought something less expensive, a timeshare deal. The list could go on and on. Or rushing into some relationship that ended up crashing and burning after two years, and you crashed with it along with your emotions. Yes, not waiting has left many of us with the feelings of total regret and remorse, wondering why did we do what we did? But then there's the reward in waiting, especially when we wait upon the Lord. And why is that? Because God knows everything about everything. The Bible says in Psalm 25, 5, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day. Well, if there's any time we should wait, it should be waiting on the Lord, especially those big decisions in life. Yes, if we would only do that, if we would only seek the Lord to lead us in his truth, if we would only seek the Lord to teach us lessons that we need to learn, that would give us the ability to wait and wait upon him, we would spare ourselves probably an unbelievable amount of pain and suffering as we regret decisions that we've made in haste. And one thing that we must never forget in our times of desperation, in our times of rushing, in our times of wanting to move way too quickly is that God never, nor has he ever embraced our time frame. Don't you hate that? God, I need this today. Lord, I need your answer today. And the Lord's like, yeah, I'll get back to you next week. Ah, it's like, oh, but understand, you think God is blowing us off, but he's not. God is moving in our lives and his moving in our lives is totally based on his will for us and not our will for us. God's peace that he promises us is based on us surrendering to his will and not to ours. It was on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus said this. He says, pray your kingdom come, your will be done, not mine. God, what is your will in this situation? Yes, God has promised to work all things out for the best for us. That is to those that love him. That is to those who listen to him. That is to those who stop jumping the gun with your own wisdom and acting reckless in your decisions. For if we don't listen and wait upon the Lord, there will be consequences that will be having to be paid by us. For if we didn't heed the warning signs that God was putting in front of us, like when a door that we keep pushing on doesn't open. You ever have that? I keep pushing this door. It's not opening. I want to go here. How come it's not allowing me to go here? Maybe you're not supposed to go there. You ever think about that? Or when there wasn't enough time to pray and seek proper counsel, you know, why did you continue to move? Or listen to those that love you, that are throwing up red flags or caution, when everyone around you is telling you, I don't think you should do that. I don't think that sounds like a good deal. And you do it anyway. Guess what? Bad things are going to happen. 
You didn't listen to all the warnings that God was trying to warn you. Yes, those were the warning signs. Maybe we shouldn't sign that deal. Maybe we shouldn't make that particular investment. Maybe you shouldn't make that big purchase right now. It's not a good time. Understand, when we choose to not wait on important decisions, they will hurt us. And more importantly, if you're married and you have children, it will hurt your family also. So what's the bottom line? It's okay to rush when you're looking for the shortest line in a grocery store. Or when you're ordering at a fast food restaurant, it's okay. Why? Because we have other things to do. And at times, it's okay to pay an extra $12.95 for overnight shipping because you need it badly. And it's okay to expect it the next day. Yet on the big issues of life, we should take our time. And when we seek and wait on the will of God, when we hold fast to what we know in him and to seek his wisdom and to seek him from those around that love us and to be patient, when we know that God is confident that he is going to be able to come and meet us right where we're at, that's when the right thing happens. It's like, I remember so many years of my life, I, I wouldn't listen to my wife. My wife would come to me, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm the head of the house. This is what we're going to do, you know? And boy, how many times did I crash and burn on certain things? And then I've learned, listen to your wife. She's on the same team. Now, that doesn't mean that my wife's always right. She's not always right. But I've learned that many times she is right. Many times, okay? So it's like now when my wife puts up red flag, red flag, red flag, okay, yeah, you're blinking, you know, beavers, and she's, I'm like, no, you just don't understand. And she's like, okay, well, hold on. And it's like, if my wife is completely on a different page, I stop now. Just take a couple steps back. What is she seeing that I'm not seeing? You're on the same team. And it's like, yeah, maybe she didn't understand something, maybe this, and maybe she wasn't right in a particular case. But again, I'm finding nine times out of 10, she's usually right. So it's like, if she is getting a sense that something's not right there, then maybe something is not right. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. If you're not able to listen to other people, you will fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. There's nothing wrong with having a few people that, are, that you know are godly, that pray, that love Jesus, and asking them about what they think about what you're going to do. And if everyone's telling you, no, I don't think you should do that, maybe you should listen to them. Yes, we must be patient. Patience is defined as the will or the ability to wait and endure, get this, without complaint. Ah, without complaint. Meaning when we wait for what we prayed for, we wait without complaining. It's not like, yeah, I don't have that new car yet. You know, God isn't answering my prayer. I'm driving around old Bessie, you know, that's a junker, okay? It's like, no, 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 stop complaining. Pray, seek God's will. Well, as we continue in our study through the book of Exodus, we come upon an interesting chapter. It really shouldn't be that interesting to us, Why is that? Because we will see God's people fully embrace and commit to doing what God has commanded them to do. And you're thinking, well, what's so weird about that? Nothing. That's a great thing. But here's the problem. 
As we continue in our study through the book of Exodus, we will see these are the very same people who are stepping up to the plate here with great words of commitment in this chapter. They become the same people who are not only turning their backs on what God has commanded, but will also have to pay a huge price for it by not being able to enter into the promised land. The whole reason God pulled them out of slavery was to let them go into the promised land. But they're going to miss that. But notice there's a difference between saying something and doing something, right? I mean, it's it's easy to say, oh, I listen to counsel. But it's a totally different thing to actually listen to the counsel and obey the counsel. Anyone can listen to counsel, but do you obey? Do you listen to it? Do you do what others are telling you? Well, today, let's look at our point here, words of excitement as we read together, starting in Exodus chapter 4, we'll pick up in verse 1. It says, then he, this is God, spoke to Moses, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel, and you shall worship at a distance. Moses alone, however, shall come near to the Lord. This is after they have that first initial meeting. But they shall not come near, uh, nor shall the people come up with them. Then Moses came and he recounted to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Then he arose early in the morning and built an altar uh, at the foot of the mountain with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. Did you notice there in verse 1, it was like Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and all the 70 elders. You know, that Nadab and Abihu that got to go up and get a slice of the peace of the, of the glory of God. God ended up striking them dead later on because of their wickedness. How can that even be? You know, some people will say, you know, if I could just see the Lord, I would believe. It's like, nah, not not so much. Not so much. There's a lot of people that have seen great and mighty things of God, and yet they went on not to believe. Well, here we have an invitation, though, by God himself to the leadership of his chosen people. And now these men they're able to get a glimpse of God's glory. Now, we know that the Bible says in John 1.18 that no one has seen God at any time. Of course, that's referring to physically seeing God's body in all of his glory. But that's not what these men are going to see or even closer at a meeting with Moses, with God. Moses is going to see that exact thing. But what they're able to see is a glimpse of the glory of God, like a piece of it. They're going to see a piece of it. No image. They're not going to be able to take selfies and send them out to other people. Look, here's me and God. (laughs) You know, no, not that. But they're going to be able to stand on the perimeter of where God's glory is going to be radiating. And they're going to be able to sense and feel his power. And that's why it's so mind-boggling to see how these people will continue to walk in complete and total unbelief. Again, it's quite staggering to see this. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
That's what we do as believers, right? I mean, no one, when we first came to know Jesus as our Savior, Jesus didn't float down in some cloud and say, hey, welcome to the good guy crew. How are you today? No, we haven't seen that. We walk by faith and not by sight as we believe. But these people back in this day, they saw so much. Think about what they saw. They watched all the plagues of Egypt that came against Pharaoh to let them go. They watched Pharaoh being humbled by God. You know, they watched themselves as slaves being released. They watched physically with their own eyes, God take the Red Sea and split it in half and they walked across on dry ground. Then they watched Pharaoh and the entire Egyptian army come after them and they watched the Red Sea crash down on them and they all die with their own eyes. They saw water coming out of a rock in the middle of a desert after Moses struck it with his rod. They watched God every day as he led them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. When that cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. When the fire moved, they moved. When the fire stopped, they stopped. And it was just there every day. They saw it physically with their own eyes. And now they're seeing these leaders, the glory of God, a piece of it. And they're feeling his power. Yet their unbelief will keep them from all that God had purposed and planned for them. Now, if that happened to them, couldn't it happen to us? Could we be kept away from God's purpose and plan by us and our own unbelief and disobedience? Of course it could. I wonder if our attitude or our resistance to the things of God has not done the same. I mean, maybe it's our lack of obedience. Maybe it's our lack of our willingness to want to listen to what God has said in his word, of what God has purposed for us. Maybe those things have kept us from God's true blessings in our life. Because isn't that what we ultimately want? I mean, don't we want to be blessed by God? Don't we just want to be happy in this life? Well, it did for these people back here. But in chapter 24, we see God really reaching out to his people, just like he reaches out to us so many times. He's really wanting to show himself mighty to these people. Now, could you imagine the excitement? Imagine Moses comes down and Moses drops his news on these 70 elders. He says, hey, you get to go with me. God has told me to invite you to come and visit the Lord, and you're going to see the glory of God. Wow. I mean, this is the God that they've prayed to, that they've worshiped ever since the day they were born. Yeah, this is the one by his glory and might that created the heavens and the earth, the moon and the stars and everything that's in them. The one who mowed down the entire Egyptian army and set them all free from slavery. This is who they get to go see. Moses said, God has asked me to bring you along. Wow. I know I would be coming out of my skin with excitement if I got to go see that. And I'm sure you would too. Yet, before these men were going to get that little sneak peek, verse 3 said, Moses recounted to them. Or we 
could say that he spoke to them by the way of reminder. I love that. You know, Peter used that same terminology in 2 Peter chapter 1. He said it a couple times. He says, you know, I bring you these things by way of reminder. You know, I, 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 I want to, I know you know these things. I know you already know this, but I'm going to tell you again anyway. And we as believers, we need that in our lives. Like, I already know this, but I need to hear it again. See, all these words and the ordinances of the Lord, God reminded his people. This is what God desires out of us. This is why we must read the Bible on a daily basis. These are the reminders that we get like, yes, I need to keep focused on the Lord. Because if these people, seeing everything that they saw, could be so fickle in their mind to fall away from the Lord, how could it not happen to us also? How could it not happen? Again, that word recounted or or spoke means that he brought back to the remembrance all that had been spoken of God up to this point. This, of course, includes everything that we've looked at in these past 23 chapters of Exodus. He's reminded them of the Ten Commandments. He's reminded them of the ordinances that we've looked at, like how we're to live with our fellow man, with our fellow neighbor, in spite of how our culture lives. And how are we to live in this culture that is completely opposite of what God says? How can we do that? For we're to put God first. We looked at everything from attitudes and animals, from property rights to property violations. We looked at what our responsibility is and how we're to have retribution and repay for damages done if we cause the damage, you know, due to our negligence. We've seen that the majority of our laws here in America are what? They are based on exactly the standards that God has established for us right here in the Bible. Of course, in the last 40 years, America has completely strayed away from these biblical mandates that our country was founded on. And that's why we are such a mess here today. But why we've abandoned what God has said in his word? We've abandoned the God that blesses. That's what's happened to us. Because any nation that rejects the truth of God's word and instead embraces sin, it is a formula to end God's hand of blessing. That's what happens to a nation. But here, Moses goes over God's commandments again. And what is the response of the people? Verse 3, all the people with one voice said, we will do all the words which the Lord has spoken for us to do. Didn't that sound genuine and sincere? It probably did. They probably meant it at the moment. Yet, as we will see in later chapters, that these people have the same problem, well, that we do. We forget our commitments. See, it's like when our children want a puppy, right? They come over, oh, I want the puppy. Look at the puppy, he's so cute. Well, yeah, puppy's a lot of responsibility. I'll do anything. I'll take care of him. I'll feed him. I'll pick up after him. I'll do everything. Yeah, that all sounds good because then when the puppy turns into a dog, they get tired of it. And all of a sudden, they don't want to take care of it anymore. Their commitment was so genuine. It was so real at the moment, but then they forgot it. As we all know, it's really easy to make a promise. The problem is keeping the promise. Just like a 
couple weeks ago when I was back in Baltimore, me and Pastor Shannon and went to the rental counter to get our rental car. And it's like, uh, yes, well, you might have to wait like up to three hours. I'm like, uh, three hours for what? And like, well, uh, your car is not ready. Is the car here? Well, I'm not saying that it's not here. Well, then give me the car. It's like, well, you have to wait. It's like, well, is the car here? Is the car not here? It's like, so what you're saying is I have a reservation. It's like, you, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to keep the reservation. Okay, so anyway, that's a whole other thing. We ended up getting a car eventually. They gave me an electric car, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. And the batteries ran down on it. I'm like, uh, I, I, how do you even charge this thing? I mean, like, I've never even done this before. So you give me an electric car with a dead battery. Thank you for nothing. But anyway, moving on, you know, but what we're trying to do here is God wants to reach the people. See, even though God knew that these people were going to fall away, he's trying to put a roadblock into them falling away, if that makes sense. He's trying to like do something to like wake them up. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.